Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, welcome everybody to week two of our series, A New Normal. Now, this connecting via video as a church, it's been our normal. In fact, this is week seven of me bringing the message just like this. I'm hoping and believing that in the very near future, this will not be our reality anymore, that I may get to see you face to face. But for the time being, I believe this message is gonna find you right where you're at, speak hope to you, bring peace to you. And hopefully I believe it's gonna get you out of what you've been experiencing to the new normal of what God wants to do in your life and in your world. You know, it's normal right now to be stressed out. It's normal to be anxious. It's normal to be insecure. The Bible tells us that even though we're in this world, we are not of this world. That means that we might be here on the earth, we have a connection to heaven that's stronger than I think all of us fully realize. That no matter what we're facing on the earth, we can have faith in our God that in heaven, he's not just up there at a distance, he's very present, very near, and going to work in our lives, producing his best in us, even when we're seeing the worst around us. You know, there's a new normal for you to live in peace and to walk in faith in Jesus Christ, even in the midst of a crisis. We all find ourselves right now facing the possibilities of what could happen with our health, with our finances, with our career, what could happen with our family. I hope this message meets you right where you're at, but instead of looking around and sensing fear, that you would sense the presence of your God and you would make the decision to trust his word, to follow his voice, to live by his ways so that you can experience the new normal that he has for you to be a person of faith even in the midst of a crisis. You know, it says in Romans chapter eight, if God is for us, who could ever be against us? Let's just stop for there for a moment. It, it means that if you have a reality and an understanding of how much God is for you, as one of his precious children, that no matter what's coming against you, it pales in comparison to the power of having the presence of God in your life. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us when we have trouble or calamity or we're persecuted, we're hungry or destitute or in danger, or we're even threatened with death? How real is that passage of scripture for us for what we're facing right now? It doesn't mean that he's not for us when life is coming against us. Paul writes, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I think some of us, we're just trying to wait this out kind of playing for a tie or a draw. We're hoping to come out on the other side with things like they used to be. But I think there's a new normal for you, that you're not just gonna come out having made it through, you're gonna come out with overwhelming victory through Christ. Paul goes on to say, I I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Wow, what a, a beautiful and powerful revelation on the love of God and how much it matters for our life, especially in times of crisis. I wanna focus on that passage there that, where it says that, nor the fears of tomorrow. So many of us are dealing with very real fears about our future. One thing about this revelation from Paul, 
that the revelation, it's divinely revealed truth. In other words, it's always been true, but then God reveals it to us. And when we have a revelation of it, it's more than just a knowledge. It's an understanding in our heart that God loves us even when difficulties happen, even when problems exist, even when there's fear and anxiety all around us, we can have a trust that God still loves us. And that revelation of God's divine love, even in the midst of trials, you can anchor your heart to, and it can change you and give you a new normal for your life and for your future if you can discover it and let it be revealed to your heart today. Paul is saying that despite all these outside issues, there's an inside anchor. It's the love of God. And he says that Christ was given for each and every one of us. In other words, the love of God is for each of us individually. It's not just God's love for humanity. It's God's heart for you right where you're at. And this connection to God, this anchor to his love, it can't be broken by bad news, by a bad doctor's report, by a bad economy. No, you can always have this inside love that doesn't fail, even when it looks like your world is falling apart. You know, 1 John 4 verse 18 says, there is no fear in love, but this perfect love, the love that comes from God, it casts out all fear. I love that verse from the message paraphrase. It says, God is love. And when we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. Apostle John goes on to say, this way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us, so that we're free from worry on judgment day. Our standing in this world is identical with Christ, and there is no room in love for fear. As a part of the new normal, I wanna speak just for a few moments to you about no room for fear. So many of us have allowed fear and anxiety and dread and worry to take up all of our free space, take up all of our thinking, take residence in our heart. But when fear lives in our heart, we've pushed out the love of God. But you and I can make a decision right here and now that we're gonna open up our hearts for God, not just to show up in times of crisis, but to live permanently in this place to let his love saturate every part of our inside world. And when we do that, there's no room for fear anymore. It drives fear out. Perfect love casts out all fear. I don't believe that most of us question whether God loves us. We've got the proof of the cross that he sent Jesus for us. But I do think most of us, when situations arise in our lives that are potentially threatening, I believe the enemy can go to work in those times to get our focus off of the God who cares about us and get our attention on the calamity that might happen to us. I believe this goal of the enemy is not trying to keep you from your salvation. He knows he cannot steal your salvation, but instead try to bring separation between you and God by creating uncertainty, by, by breeding insecurity and anxiety into your heart. You know, most of us don't wrestle with the question of, is there a God or are even the scriptures true? We instead worry and wrestle with our issues that are right in front of us. We stress out about our problems. But our real problem isn't the problem we're facing. It's the worry about the problems that cause us to lose sleep, to lose peace, to lose in life. The presence of problems is not the absence of Jesus. In this life, Jesus said, you will have many trials. Not the most encouraging thing Jesus has ever told us, but he always tells the truth. He says, hey, a life with me isn't a life free from problems. But he says, but be of good cheer. 
or be of good courage or don't worry. I've already overcome this world. And Jesus has already made us a promise that he's with us always, even to the end. So the enemy can't steal your salvation, but he wants to bring separation from your heart trusting in God, and he wants to bring fear where love is supposed to live. You know, Paul also teaches us that there is too much love from God to even humanly comprehend, that you can't even search the depth of it. You can't find the breadth of it, the length of it. There's just so much love because God's that good and He's that big. But many of us don't let that love into every area of our lives. We don't take permanent residence in that love and then let it live on the inside of us. We leave big open rooms and spaces for fear to come and live. I think God's actually gonna use this pandemic and, and this, this season of crisis for some of you to trust God like you've never trusted Him before to open up new avenues and new places of your heart and to make sure there's no more room for fear in your life, that the new normal for you is not how you used to be, but it's stepping into all you're called to be, a person who doesn't let fear rule the day, who might be facing down problems, facing down issues, looking at crisis, but you're looking at it through the lens of the love of God, that God wouldn't allow you to walk through it if He didn't have a breakthrough for you, peace for you, would sustain you through it, or ultimately bring something great out of you on the other side. I wanna give you a few God antidotes for anxiety today. Anxiety is your body's natural response to stress. It's the feeling of fear or an apprehension about what might happen or what could happen. And right now, what we're all facing together, this is the opportunity to be the most anxious we probably have ever been in our lives. This is why we need a new normal. This is why we can't just try to persevere to the end, but we need to let God's love take permanent resonance in our heart. Think about some of the most stressful days of your life in the past. I think your, your wedding day could be a stressful day. Uh, a job interview can be stressful. For me, I, I think about the first day of school. Not your first day of school, like you're starting a new school year, but the first day you're at a new school. For me and my family, I had like eight or nine first days at a brand new school. Shout out to my parents for following the Lord all over the earth. Uh, I'm so grateful for the heritage of my faith, but I had to have a lot of anxious days being the new kid in school. And we moved one year from South Bend, Indiana to East LA County. And I always want to say county because there's no way I would have survived in East LA, but East LA County. It was August and it was warm out and my mom had helped pick out my outfit and it was the first day of fifth grade. I was wearing a wool sweater vest, an Oxford long sleeve shirt and slacks. Not jeans, slacks. I'm talking about trousers. I'm already awkward as it is. How I many know I was double awkward on that day? And I remember going to a new school, not looking or dressing like anybody else. And I was feeling the anxiety of like, do I fit in here? Is this even going to work? We all have daily anxiety. Some of you have diagnosed anxiety. And no matter what kind of anxiety you're experiencing, I believe that there is a God answer for whatever you're facing in your most stressful days are the opportunity to make sure you've given over every area of your heart to the love of God so that we can push fear out once and for all. You know, there's a big verse that we can anchor ourselves to that really is to bring victory in our battle against anxiety. It's for all of us. 
I actually talked about it in week one, which would be like six, seven weeks ago. It's Philippians chapter four, verse six. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything, which honestly is so simplistic. It almost seems too cliche. Yeah, we get it, Pastor Kyle. You're not to worry, but you're to pray. Can you share something else? I, I just believe that a life with Jesus and listening to Jesus and following the Word of God just has a way of simplifying the most complex places of our lives. Some of you, your anxiety isn't just in this season. You've been carrying it for a long time. It's a complex part of your life. But just maybe some simple truth, if you begin to believe today, would open up your heart for the residence of God's love to move in once and for all, and fear cannot exist where God's love lives. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus has another one of those really simple ways to look at things. He says, don't worry about what you eat, about what you drink, about what you wear. In other words, don't worry about the necessities of life. He says, that's the way the world thinks. But instead, we seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus makes a big trade-off. He says, here's what you could worry about. Everything in your world, every necessity that you have, or you can instead seek me first, seek the kingdom of God first. What a, what a quick contrast that he makes. The world worries, but believers seek. The world worries about how do I get what's mine, but believers think about how do I put God first. And if I put God first, Jesus says everything else will follow. Let me take a moment just to unpack that a little bit further. Jesus says that if you have worry in your heart, what he's pretty much saying is you haven't put God first there. Jesus says if we put God first, then we shut the door on worry. Then we're not living like the world lives, but we're living like he would live. Therefore, we're experiencing the love of God. Could it be that the anxiety that you feel is what's stopping you the most from the destiny that God is wanting to reveal? Close the door on anxiety because it robs you of your destiny. Jesus makes it so simple that if you're experiencing fear, it's because you haven't opened your heart to love. It's an area where you're not trusting in God. In other words, it's not where God and his kingdom are first. So look at your current fears. They might make all the sense in the world by your normal emotions or by the normal way you used to live, but there's a new normal for you. That it isn't just how you feel, you're living by your faith. It's not how the world lives, it's how Jesus has called you to live. It's kingdom first life. And if you can highlight areas where you've been in fear, it gives you a place for you to allow God to focus his love on so you can experience his very best in that place in your life. Jesus also says in Luke chapter eight, that the word of God is like a seed and he wants to plant it in our lives, plant it in our hearts. And if it's planted there, it's gonna bring a big harvest, bigger than just you. It's like more than you can even contain. But there are some enemies in this garden of our inside world. There's like a hard heart. Another one is, is the weeds. He says that the seed of God's word can fall and it could grow up alongside weeds and things that weren't supposed to be there. And when that happens, the weeds choke out all the good, choke out all the life of what God is wanting to do. Later, the disciples come to him and Jesus is like, hey, Jesus, what did you actually mean? I love that. They do that all the time in the Gospels. They're like nodding their head, giving Jesus amen in the moment. And then afterwards, they're like, Jesus, we have no clue what you're talking about. Jesus says to the disciples, hey, what I was trying to tell you is that those weeds that were growing up with the good things I was trying to grow inside of you, those weeds, those are the worries and the concerns of this life. I think people in the world, and many of us as well, 
all the good things God's wanting to grow in this new normal of this kingdom first, experiencing the love of God life, all those things growing up that are choking out the good things God are wanting to do are just the concerns about what could happen next. This is why you have to protect your heart. And in a season like this that we're all walking through, you have to protect it all the more because there's never been an opportunity to be more anxious than there is right now. But I believe there's never been an opportunity to walk in more victory in your life, experience the love of God in your life like there is right now. Jesus says in John 6, verse 63, that the words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. In other words, they have spiritual power and they produce life. All the things that we're facing in this world, in the climate of our culture right now, they are natural enemies. They are naturally against us, but the words of God are spiritually for us. And the spirit world is always more powerful than the natural world. And if we can tap in to what the Holy Spirit is saying, to what Jesus has said, finding that supernatural love from God, then we can experience that life that they will produce. It's a life of peace. It's a life filled with the promises of God. It's a life in fullness. It's not a life without issues or problems. It's life with the love of God. And when the love of God is living and ruling and reigning in your heart and your mind, fear can't live in that place anymore. The new normal for you is fear is far from you because God's word is planted in you. These words of life, don't let them get choked out by the worries around you. And the real problem with anxiety in your inside world it isn't just the fear that you feel in the moment. It's that it actually derails your future. In fact, anxiety inside will eventually lead to sin outside. Think about it. anxiety of life can lead to addiction because you're just trying to numb the pain. Anxiety in a relationship could cause you to compromise. Anxiety for the approval of other people, if that's in your inside world, that fear of man, it will cause you to change who you really are called to be just to try to become someone that you think others want you to be. Anxiety of your financial stability will cause us to hoard or to keep to ourselves or even covet or to worry over our resources and miss the blessing of trusting in God. This is why God wants the new normal for you is that fear has no room, but there's plenty of room for the word of God and the love of God to work together to produce the harvest of the blessed life that he has for you. Friend, you're not just getting through this, overwhelming victory will be yours if you let God's love and word go to work in your inside world. Let me give you a little bit more of the antidote for anxiety. We looked at this thought last week, but I want to take it just a little bit deeper. Proverbs 4 verse 23, be careful or take care or be mindful of how you think for your life is shaped by your thoughts. Most of the world thinks that wherever I find myself, then I respond and react. Wherever I find myself in fear or discouragement or facing a difficulty in my finances or in my health, then my emotions and my thoughts are subject to the reality I'm experiencing. But the kingdom of God isn't like that. God says if your mind is set on Him, if your heart is trusting in Him, it will actually take you to the place where your life is called to go. Your thoughts are like a roadmap, and your emotions and your actions will follow your thoughts and your words. This is why many of us need some serious rerouting going on in our world, because the news is constantly changing. Just in January, we were hearing that this doesn't seem to be uh, an epidemic or a virus that's contracted from person to person. How many know that wasn't true at all? The news changes 
significantly and quickly, but God's word remains. God's word doesn't change. So let me give you an antidote. I'm asking everyone in the church to take one day this week and not watch any news. Not get on your Twitter or Instagram or watch the daily news or search online. Just break the habit of constantly consuming the negativity around us. And although what they might be saying is true, it is subject to the greater truth of God's word. Have a no news day, maybe Monday. You're not gonna look at everything else going on in the world. You're gonna look to the word. You're gonna begin to plant that perfect love, the character of Christ, the concern of God for you in your heart. You're opening up every room in your inside world to the love of God so that fear has to go. In Romans 7, Paul has this conflict between what the world is showing him and what God is leading him to. It says, I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned. In other words, as a believer, I'm wired to do things pleasing to God. But there's something else deep within me that's at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin within me. In my mind, I want to be God's servant, but instead I find myself being enslaved to sin or being enslaved to who I used to be. Paul says, hey, there's always going to be a battle. What a perfect time for all of us to identify where we're having this issue of trusting in God and begin to reroute our thinking with looking at God's timeless truths and planting it in our heart, allowing the love of God to speak to us, you won't be perfect at it. The Apostle Paul wasn't either, but you'll never grow out of it and experience the new normal of God's kingdom first life for you if you keep doing things and fighting the fight the way you've been fighting them. There's a new way for you to fight fueled by the Word of God, filled with the love of God that will produce that overwhelming victory in Christ that God has for you. I believe you are what you eat, and the battle for your mind, your thoughts are fueled by what you focus on. If you change your focus, change your fuel, you'll walk into your future with victory. So Hillsong Church, let's all make the decision right now. This is what we're deciding to do together. We're closing the door on fear. We're opening the door of God's voice. We're opening the door of our heart to the love of God. We're getting the word of God working in our inside world. And before long, we'll be walking in the peace that surpasses all understanding, the protection of our heavenly Father. Although we might be in a fight, we're not fighting like the world fights. We're not living in fear. No, our faith is fueled up to take us to the place God has called us to go. And even though we might be staring down very real trouble, problems, and crisis, we're not doing it alone, and we're gonna walk in overwhelming victory. Let me give you a powerful verse. I love this verse. Psalm 16, verse seven. Even in the darkest of night, your teachings fill my mind. In other words, even when it's the worst, I'm still fueling and feeding on what's best. And the love of God is the best thing going for all time. It's what radically changes us. And so even when you could be feeding on the crisis, you instead are fueling on His words and His ways, and you will experience the God-given destiny and future when you put Him first and follow Him, when you let the love of God work in your inside world. Another way to close the door on fear is to open the door of your heart to closeness with Jesus. Not just knowing about Jesus, but getting to know Him personally. And if you begin to think on Jesus, spend time with Jesus, meditate on what Jesus says and what Jesus has done and who Jesus says he wants to be in your life, you'll experience peace. 
Even a secular study said that the best way to overcome daily anxiety wasn't to medicate it, but instead to meditate on good thoughts and to have gratitude. Now that is the most kingdom of God way of thinking that we could acquire and work into our world. In other words, the more I think about Jesus, which is the very best of thoughts, the more grateful I'm going to be, maybe for not what I'm facing in front of me, but the God who's for me. And if I would focus on that love, if I meditate on that love, I couldn't help but be grateful. And as I walk in a right mindset and I walk in gratitude, peace will show up in my world and anxiety will have to go. There's no more room for fear. Second Timothy chapter two, it says, keep your mind on Jesus Christ. In other words, it's a daily discipline, not to get distracted by all the dilemmas and the problems around you, but to keep that mind steadfast, focusing on Jesus. To shut the door on fear, I've gotta change the focus off of my problems and maybe help solve somebody else's. I think this is a powerful antidote to change your world, is to start to think about others. In Philippians chapter two, verse four, it says, don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in what others are doing what others are going through, what others are facing. In other words, don't just focus on your own problems. Shift your attention onto what someone else is walking through. Do you realize how counterculture this is to our world? But this is kingdom culture. Everything the world teaches you is to think about yourself first and nobody else. How many times have we heard the phrase, I gotta do what's best for me, I gotta look out for number one. But this isn't the way that God works. And if you wanna get fear out of your life, shift your focus, not on your own problems, not on your own self, but on God, and then he'll shift your eyes onto somebody else. And when you start to help someone else, encourage someone else, bless someone else, pray for someone else, I believe it's opening the door of heaven, the window of heaven over your life to experience the very best of God, even when you're in a crisis. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, let us think about each other and help each other, show love and do good deeds. In other words, don't just think about them, show them that you love them, do a good deed. I love what God's been doing through our church, through the House of Hope, that we've taken the opportunity where we could just think about ourselves and we're focusing on the city, we're focusing on our neighbors, we're focusing on maybe people we never would have met before, but this crisis has given us an opportunity, not just to do something for ourselves, but to bless the world around us. One of the most amazing things I've seen in all of this situation is some of the people in our very own church family who are facing their own crisis. Their work has slowed down. Some of them even find themselves unemployed. And instead of going home and just opening up their heart to all the fear, all the anxiety that could happen about how are they going to get through, they've decided to roll up their sleeves and get to work serving other people. They're filled with joy. They're filled with peace. It makes no earthly sense, but that's what the love of God does in us when we open the door of our hearts to not allow fear in, but let God's love come in our lives and work through our lives to focus on other people. I've got one final thought for you before we go to close the door of fear once and for all. I think about the story where Jesus comes up to the disciples and they were doing what they normally do. It was business as usual. They'd been fishing all night, casting their nets out, coming back in from a long night's work. And Jesus says, hey, stay out there, right where you're at, where it hasn't been working, and change your focus, change your attention, change your direction. I want you to cast on the other side. And we all probably have heard the story that that's not the time that you fish. And they've even been saying, hey, we've done it like all night long and this hasn't worked. But yet they're willing to try something out of the normal. 
in the middle of that day, they cast their nets to the other side, and what they get back is a harvest, more fish than they could even contain. In other words, there was a miracle when they didn't live by their own mindset, but listened to the voice of Jesus. I believe the same experience can happen for you. Then when things haven't been working, when life has been dry, maybe you've been filled with fear, to get your focus off of what hasn't worked and to listen to what Jesus is wanting you to do. And maybe you put your attention and your action to do it just a little bit differently than you've done before. Instead of focusing on self, you're looking to serve others. And this is the powerful thing I want you to understand. Start to focus on the other side. For us, I'm not talking about fishing anymore. I'm not even talking about serving. I'm talking about thinking about eternity. When you let your mind begin to think about that this isn't the end all be all, that this life that we live right now is really just the setup for the best part of life, eternity with God that's to come. Like Colossians 3 says, let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not only think about things down here on the earth. And friend, I believe God wants you to win through this. God wants to bring overwhelming victory in your life. But we gotta let our thoughts, our mindset, and our heart be open to the things of heaven. Think about eternity. Change your perspective. I believe we're going to get through this. The reality of the fact remains that no matter what we're facing in the here and now, this isn't all that there is. That God has something great in store for those in eternity when we shift the focus of our mind, we open the door of our heart, not just to let fear rule and reign, but to let love work in us and go through us, will make a difference, not just here, but in eternity where it matters the most. First Corinthians chapter two says, no eye has seen. In other words, there's no way on the earth you could ever see, nor ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I believe that through all of this, God has something great on the other side, but we don't just make it to the other side to experience the greatness of our God. There is a great love for you that will produce a joy and a peace that makes no earthly sense when you open the door of your heart completely to the love of God and you make sure there is no more room for fear. There's two groups I wanna pray for. First, if you're part of our church or maybe just a guest watching online and you've been filled with fear and anxiety, I'm gonna pray for a supernatural God encounter that the voice of heaven would speak to your heart right where you're watching this and that you would begin to experience his peace that surpasses all understanding and it would guard you through what you're walking through and you'd see your way through by the grace of God, by the power of God, by the protection of God into the good things he has for you on the other side. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for everyone watching, that you love them, you know them, and you see them right where they're at. Lord, in the past, they might have made extra room for all sorts of anxiety, but I thank you that where your love goes, that fear has to leave. So Lord, I speak your love, your affection for them. Lord, I thank you they are encouraged by the Holy Spirit. I thank you that they hear your voice. I thank you you speak peace to their heart and fear has to go and never to return. The new normal for them is a life walking in and experiencing the best of God as they receive your love. Lord, I thank you they would shift their attention off of themselves onto you, off the negativity of the news, and onto the timeless truth of your word. Lord, that they would encounter Jesus and get a right perspective of all that he is and all that he wants to do in their world. Then Lord, I thank you that not only will they make it through this, they're gonna experience overwhelming victory in Jesus' name. Second group I wanna pray for are those that haven't received the love of God. 
Maybe you've prayed a prayer and said yes to Jesus before. Maybe you grew up in church, but you've been living your own way. It's time for you to come home. Come home to the love of God. God is not upset with you. God is not angry at you. God is not disappointed in you. Every bit of disappointment, every bit of sin has already been settled at the cross. And for ordinary people like you and me, we can live in and with the extraordinary love of God just by receiving it. And we'd receive it through this simple prayer. Would you pray with me right where you're at? Would you say this out loud? Say, thank you, God, for loving me. I give you my heart. I open up my heart. I want to experience the fullness of your love. I think that fear is far from me because God, you are for me. Come let your love live in my life. I'm not going back to who I used to be. I receive the gift of Jesus. I turn from my sins. God, I'm following you. My new normal is for me to be everything you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey church, everyone watching, we love you. We're for you. If we can help you in any way, please let us know. We're going to get through this, and our new normal on the other side is going to be victory and blessing and God's best in Jesus' name.